Let me tell you a little something about Anchor. This is, of course, where we're hosting this podcast, and the best thing about it is it is free, so it's not costing our church a dime. They have tools right there on the website that I can upload the sermons, I can record a quick little introduction, and put it out there. Anchor distributes everything for me. They've got it on Spotify, they've got it on Apple, they've got it on Google, they've just sent it everywhere. Uh, We're actually able to have no minimum listenership required for us to have some money put in by doing these advertisements that we can put right into the church. So if you want to make a podcast and you're not sure how to get started, just go to anchor.fm and you can also download their free Anchor app and it'll have everything you need to get started right away. So why are you wasting time? Get after it. If you want to start your podcast, anchor.fm is an easy and quick way to get started. Hello and welcome to the Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Church podcast where we are listening to sermons from our pastor, Mr. Philip Kuntz. We are located at 310 Randolph Road in Kansas City, Missouri. We invite you to visit us any old Sunday. Sunday school starts at 930 and regular worship service is at 11. Come on by and say hello. Today we're going to listen to a sermon entitled Homesick and it was originally preached from the pulpit on May 3rd. 2020 of this year. And now, without further ado, here is Pastor Philip Koontz. Boy, what a blessing it is to be here today. Such a blessing. I have been really looking forward to being here. I'm going to set this right behind me, just in case. Sometimes I get so excited, I have to push this thing away from me. I have been really looking But at the same time, I've also been nervous uh, about having y'all here. Nervous in the sense that I knew that once I was here with y'all in person, I might get so excited I wouldn't be able to control myself, contain myself. So if I get so excited today that I can't contain myself, you'll understand why. Having you here in person is so much more exciting than just having a camera. But don't worry, you camera folk. Folk, the camera that I now name folk. It's good to have you here, too. I'm glad to have you here. I'm really actually thrilled. I've been wanting to have the camera set up for quite some time, and we didn't have it set up. I couldn't even remember I had set the camera. We had moved the camera because we uh, set up a, a carpet, a, a new carpet because of someone in particular. I won't hang her name. I'll just look at her and say thank you. And uh, But anyway, and she is tremendous. I love this lady. Uh, wonderful lady. But anyway, we had redone that, put the camera away. But I will tell you this. I've already... Thank them in person. I already thank Brother Chad, and I thanked him for all the sound that he had come in here, and he did. He worked so hard for hours and hours and hours on end to get the sound worked up with this here for my tie, this little sound thing here, and it helped out a lot. Uh, Brother Jeremy was here for hours on end trying to set up the camera and everything for me, and I really appreciate that. I mean, we spent hours and hours that week trying to get things going. I really appreciated that. That, I can't even tell you how long it took. I worked extremely hard to get it going. And by extremely hard, I mean I sat here and watched him work. That's how hard I worked. <laughs> it took a lot of work. I sat here and said, is it, is it done yet? Is it done? Is it done? <laughs> that takes a lot of work. No, but they did. They, they worked really hard. I can't thank them enough for that. I really can't. That's very, very well done, man. I really appreciate that. I really do. Uh, so I thank God. 
for people who are willing to do the work for the Lord. Thank you so much. Let's now turn to the book of Psalms. And I, I can't even tell you, I mean, for the book of Psalms, but we got one psalm we're going to read. And we're not even going to read the whole psalm, just one verse. And it's only one verse, which is very rare coming from me. Psalm 55, verse 14, if you could please stand on the reading of his word. But if you can't, I do understand. It's okay. But it's only one verse. Psalm chapter 55, verse 14, which says this. We took pleasant counsel together and walked to the house of God in company. God bless and honor the reading of the word. You may be seated. This is actually David speaking to the Lord, speaking about going to his temple. We took pleasant counsel together and walked to the house of God in company. Now, when I was a kid, and I start many sermons off that way, or at least I have in the past, I don't do so much now, but when I was a kid, I went on many vacations with my family, and I loved going on vacations. I really did. I loved it. Love going on vacations. However, I must be honest with you, as much as I love going on vacations, once I would go, because we go to many, many great places, I love to go to Disney, of course. I love to go to a lot of different places. We went to Arkansas a lot to see a lot of family and different things we'd go to. My dad was really good about finding good places to go, and he would, man. He knew the maps. He went all around the world, and he did. Boy, that guy loved to travel, didn't he? He loved to travel, man. Yes, you know, you know, man. He went to 55 different countries, not to mention every state, not to mention he could just wear out all the states. I'm just going to be honest with you about it. But that being said, he knew everything. Oh, we got to go here because there's a museum about, and I'm not even going to lie to you, he knew everything. But that being said, as much as I loved the, the vacations, and I did, I did love them, but it didn't take long. We'd, he'd get me so excited about the vacations, and we'd be on the vacations, and it wouldn't take long. I'd start getting homesick. Because as much as I love visiting different places, I love home. I really love home. There's no place like home. This is not just something that Dorothy says as she's smacking her feet together trying to get back to Kansas of all places. But the fact of the matter is... The fact of the matter, and if you're from Kansas, I'm so, so sorry. Not just because you're from Kansas, but I'm so sorry if I'm offending you. But the fact of the matter is there is no place like home. There really, really isn't. And I would get homesick. I would start to get homesick. But you know what's very interesting about that, about getting homesick? It wasn't just because I was on a trip. I found out later on when I was a little bit older, in my late teens or in my 20s or even in my 30s. Yeah, I lived with my mom that quite a while. Uh, the fact is, when my mom and dad left, and I was in my 20s and such, they would go out of town. They would leave. I'd be home, and they'd be gone, and I'd start getting homesick. I was home. It, the funny thing is, I'd be getting homesick, and they'd be gone. The humorous thing is, other people from church or from my friends and family would be gone. I'd still be home, but I'd start getting homesick. And you know what's funny? I'd still be home. I'd be home, and here I, is, here I am getting homesick, but I'm still home. And I started realizing that the homesick feeling at times had nothing to do with being home and not being home. Homesick is a sense of heart. It's a sense of feeling. It's a, all the people you love. Home is in the heart. And that is true. Home isn't the place so much. Home is all the folks you love, that feeling that you have. Yes. It's the ones that you love. Home is where the heart is, and that is for certain. Home is where the heart is. And I'm just going to tell you the truth. I have been homesick the last couple of months, not being here with you. I have been here, and I have been homesick. I have been homesick missing you. Even though I've been in church, I've been homesick for my church. 
I have been homesick for each and every one of you. I've been homesick. I've been on the phone with a lot of y'all again and again and again and again. You're probably tired of hearing from me, but I have been homesick, missing you. Man, I'll tell you the truth, man. It, 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 now, I didn't ever do this, but there's times I wanted to be outside the window. Not, not, not. I have missed you. I have missed. I have been homesick for you. I truly, truly have. I really have. I've been homesick for my church. This sermon is called Homesick. I've been so homesick for this church. I've been homesick for the church, the house of God. That's what I've been homesick for is the house of God. Now, some people don't like to call church the house of God. They don't like to call it that because some people are ignorant and they take everything so literal. They take it so literal. Oh, it's not the house of God. That's not what it is. We know it's not literally his house. We know that. It's not literally his house. We don't think he's living up in the attic. We know that. We don't think that. It's symbolic. We know it's symbolic. But this is the place that is dedicated to the Lord God. It's a place that we all come together to worship him. That's why it's called the house of God. There are some churches that are called the house of God. I have no problem with that because it's the symbolism of what it is. It is just worshiping the Lord and loving the Lord that we can come together to worship God. And that's tremendous. Some people don't like to come to worship God. and There's reasons for that. Here's the truth. If you want to know where the house of God truly is, well, we know it's heaven. We know that. But you know what else is the house of God? First of all, we know that God is everywhere. We know that some people love to get all in the semantics of everything. God is everywhere. So really, everywhere is God. Well, now, we, we don't want to get into the semantics of it because we could say McDonald's is the house of God. We could say that this is the house of God. That is the house. We're not going to get into all that. We know that. But if you want to know what the house of God is, you're the house of God. Your heart is the house of God. Because when you have asked Jesus Christ to live within your heart, your heart is the house of God. And I'm not talking about your physical heart. Don't go having surgeries looking for them. I'm talking about the fact that, spiritually speaking, your heart is the house of God. But we're still to come together to worship him together. Because when you come together, there's a special spiritual feeling when you come together. Yes, church is the house of God. It is. What does it say about your heart being the house of God? Well, let's look now to 1 Corinthians 3.16. How are we supposed to remember that? Well, we know what John 3.16 says. We know about that. So let's remember 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you know that you are the temple of God? And the Spirit of God dwells in you. Of course, we're, when we're talking about the Spirit of God, we're talking about Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Yes, we know that. Yes, you are the temple of God. Your heart is the temple of God. You are the temple of God. So we need to behave like the temple of God. But when we come together, we the temple of God. When we come together, we can worship together. And there is a wonderful spiritual feeling when we are together. We are the church. Now, where does the word church come from? When did it start? Well, it does start in the Bible, by the way. But did you know that the word church originally was a negative thing? The people were being called church and it was a negative thing. They're being called that almost in a mockery sense. The people of the world were calling people church in a negative way. But it comes from a Greek word, which is ecclesia, and which means a call. But they were. Sensitive at times. It's on just in case. So that if it goes a little out, we have two. Two is better than one. Yeah, if you can stay back there just in case it gets a little sensitive. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much. Uh, so it is the calling out. We are to be different than the people of the world or called out from the world. Different, set apart. 
We're to be set apart. They meant it as negative. Oh, they're different than us. But you know what? We're to be different. We're not to be the same. Not because we're better than them, even though the world may think that we think that. We're not better than them. We were the same, but Jesus Christ saved us to make us different. And that's okay. We're, we're, I'm glad we're different. Not because we're better, but because we've been saved. Saved from sin. Praise the Lord God. We're different. We're set apart. We're to be set apart. That's why when people are like, well, I don't want to be any different. than Well, you should be different. You should be different. If you don't want to be different than the world, you've got a problem. You got a real problem. You're to be called apart. Ecclesia, 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 the church. We're to be a church. Christ is in us. What does it say in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 through 15? It says this I am writing these things to you. Now we know who's writing this. We know it's Paul. I'm writing these things to you. He's saying to Timothy, hoping to come to you shortly. But if I am delayed, you might know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of truth. Yes, we are to be a foundation of truth. And the world needs to hear the truth. We're to be different than the world. They need to know the truth and how are they to know that. But the way the church behaves here in the house of God, we're to be different. Peter said this in 1 Peter 2, 5, and stay there because we're going to move on to a couple of, a couple of verses later on. You also, as living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house as a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. He then goes on to say in verse 9 through 10, but you are a chosen race a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God's own possession, so that you may declare the goodness of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. In times past, you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received. It also says in Acts 17, 24, God who made the world and all things in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by hands. So this goes to show you he's not literally in this church. We know that. We know that. We know that he's obviously not with us physically in this building, but he is with us in a spiritual sense right here in our hearts with us wherever we go. And when we come together, whoa, look out. A mighty power, a mighty power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, mighty power. We Christians are together together. We're to want to be together. I never understand when a Christian doesn't want to be with another Christian. I never understand when Christians would rather be with the people of the world and would rather agree with the people of the world. And well, you don't understand. Some Christians are not that great. And blah, 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 blah. Listen, they're still humans. They still make mistakes, but Christians are together together. We're together together. I never understand that. Christians are to be together. We're together together, longing for the truth, waiting and wanting and hungering for the word, gathering together, missing the company to come home. We're to be homesick and want to come to be together to know the truth. What does 1 John 1, 7 say? But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. We're to want to have the fellowship with one another. 
This is something that we should want to have is fellowship with one another. It's like this. When you're with those who are your brothers and sisters in Christ, you feel the strength of God. And we'll talk about that more in a minute. You should want to be with your brothers and sisters in Christ. And what does it say in Matthew 18, 20? And we hear this so often, and it can be misunderstood. It can be misconstrued. It can be misunderstood and misused, the scripture, and it has been so many times. I've heard it misused so many times, I can't even tell you. But Jesus said this, for where two or three are assembled in my name, there I am in their midst. Sometimes people misuse this, as I said before. People misuse it as if when two or three people get together, there I am. Eh, that's not what it means. It means when two or three people come together in my name for my will, we're talking about people who are saved, people who are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, and they're coming together in the will of the Lord God, to follow the Lord God, to do his will, to speak his truth, to do his truth, to do what Christ would have us to do. That's when Christ is in the midst. How many people have come together in the name of Jesus to do things that are not of Jesus Christ, and Christ is not in that, but there are a lot of people who teach falsehoods in the name of Jesus, and that is not of Christ. That is not of Christ. Christ is not in the midst of that. So just because people claim to be in the name of Christ doesn't mean that they are. So let's not misunderstand that. However, I will tell you this. A Bible-believing, Bible-following church that comes together in the name of Jesus, Jesus is with them. And he walks with them. And he talks with them. And he is with them wherever they go. I promise you that. Yes. Because he's within you. And you are his temple. You are his temple. And it says this. It says this in Romans 12, 5. So we being many are one body in Christ. And all are parts of one another. This is why we should want to come together. Can you imagine one arm over there and one leg over there? Well, that's gruesome sounding. Yes, it is. It sure is. If you take it into a literal sense, it sounds very gruesome. Now, when I was a kid, I used to watch lots of shows. I used to watch a show called Voltron. Now, this Voltron, they used to have different these robots, you know, robot lions. But when they would come together and they become robots, they, they would become this big Voltron robot. But these lion robots would become a leg or an arm or whatever, and they would become a mighty robot that could do mighty things, a warrior. My whole point of all this is we as a church are the body of Christ. We as a church are Christian body of Christ. Separate, we are Christian soldiers, but together we are a mighty body of Christ, and the power of God is strong. And when we come together, it's not that we are strong, but that he through us is so mighty, mighty strong. We are stronger together than we are separate. Amen. Amen. And you can feel the power of God through one another. Galatians 6.2 says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And we do bear one another's burdens because we love one another. We are together. Love is spoken here. It says that right above the door on the outside of that door there. It says love is spoken here. It is to be spoken here in the house of God. And there's nothing that we should ever want more than to feel the love of Christ for one another. And that is how it is supposed to be. Love is to be spoken here. And all are welcome here. And it's true. All are welcome in the house of God. 
and I'm talking about the Bible-believing, Bible-following churches, all are welcome in the house of God. All are welcome here. I say this to all of you out there. All are welcome here. You are all welcome here. Everyone is welcome here to the house of God. And I'm not just talking about this church. I'm talking about the great church. The whole church, the Bible-believing, Bible-following, Jesus Christ saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, church. Everybody's welcome to the church. Everybody, everyone who wants to believe in Jesus, who wants to be saved by the blood of Jesus, you're welcome here. But I want to say something. You're all welcome to the church. But just because all are welcome to the church, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean all lifestyles are welcome. Just because everyone is welcome, and they are, everyone's welcome, that doesn't mean everything that we do is right. Just because we are welcome, by the way, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. No, 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 no. Just because we're all welcome and we are, that doesn't mean that we don't make mistakes. That doesn't mean that we, and if we make mistakes and we sin, that doesn't mean that's justified. No, we have to get things right in our life. Yes, you're welcome. But that doesn't mean we say it's okay to live a horrible life. No, everybody's welcome to the church. But we are to help one another to walk and follow Jesus Christ. Not the ways of the flesh, but the ways of the spirit of the Lord Jesus. That's the way it's to be. And people of this world are going to say, no, 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 no. If you truly are a loving church, you're going to say, everything is okay. No, because if you're truly a loving church, you're going to say, no, we love you so much that we want to show you what the Bible says. We're going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to follow his word, not the world around. That's what a loving church does. We're not going to let people just continue to live in sin, and it's not our, our place to say what is or isn't sin. The Bible does it for us. That's what's so beautiful. We don't say it. The Bible does. And by the way, we have to get our, right, our lives right, too. We don't just do what we want to do. We got things right when we got saved. We didn't continue to live in sin. Anyone living out of wedlock? We got it right. Anybody who was lying had to get it right. Anybody who's doing something wrong, stealing, doing it, whatever, got it right. We don't just do what we want to do. We do what the Lord tells us to do. That's what's right. Yes, only God's truth has to be spoken here, not the lies of Satan. We as a church, and I'm talking the full church, we have to give each other strength, the strength of God. That's what a church does. We give each other strength, strength of one another. We strengthen one another when one falls down. We help him back up. That's what we do. We strengthen one another. Strength for another day. The strength from the love of the Lord God through our fellow believers. That's what we have to do. We have to give each other strength. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17 says one of my favorite verses. I have a fellow brother in Christ who says this to me all the time. My brother Al. I talk about him a lot. I love him. I love him. He says this to me. He says, iron sharpens iron. And it does. Iron sharpens iron. So a man sharpens the countenance, the face, the countenance of his friend. Iron sharpens iron. You're going to want to remember that. I'm going to say it again to you. Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron. So a friend, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Remember that. We help each other out. We show each other what needs to be done. We help each other when we need it. We give each other strength when we need it. Iron sharpens iron. Romans chapter 1, 11 and 12. It says this, For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift 
so that you may be strengthened. This is so that I may be encouraged to get, excuse me, so that I may be encouraged together with you by each other's faith, both yours and mine. We encourage each other. We sometimes feel weak. I have a good friend who oftentimes encourages me. I, him, and he, I. We help each other every day with words of faith and prayer all the time. Things we say to one another. Because that's what we do. We encourage each other. Iron sharpens iron. But we need to remember that. Every day, that's what friends do. We help each other out. Because the faith that we have, the faith that we have in the Lord Jesus, iron sharpens iron. Remember that. Strength that we have. Not our own strength, but the strength that we have because the Lord God's strength in us. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. And let us consider how to spur one another. I love that. To spur one another to love and to good works. Let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some. But let us exhort one another, especially as you see the day approaching. And folks, the day is approaching. The day is approaching. You know the day is approaching. You know the day is approaching. You know the day of hardship, the last day. You know it's all approaching. Let us not quit getting together. We need to have strength from one another. When we're going through hard times, we need to have strength from one another. This person's having hard times. Be there for them. You are going through hard times. Have strength from your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Iron sharpens iron. We need to remember that. Now, while that's happening, some don't want to go to church, and that happens. You know, we're not going to necessarily judge them, but we're going to talk about them for just a second. Those that don't usually come to church, and I'm not talking about this whole pandemic situation because that's not the usual, that's not that withstanding. Those who usually don't come to church, we're not talking about judging now. We're not going to be judging anybody here. No, 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 no. But we are going to talk about that for just a second. Those that usually don't come to church are, who are they? They're the homesick. No, I'm not talking about being homesick. I'm talking about being at homesick. Those who are at home sick, those who are ill, physically ill. Now, for those who are legitimately ill, because there are some who say they are, and, and maybe they feel that way. I don't have that can be. Sometimes you feel ill when you're not. That happens. When you feel like you're ill, sometimes that's psychological and spiritual. That's an attack from the enemy sometimes. But that doesn't mean that you really are. But sometimes in a spiritual sense, it's because... The devil doesn't want you to get to the house of God. He doesn't want you to go to the hospital, so to speak. He doesn't want you to seek what you need to seek. He doesn't want you to receive help. Now, then there, and by the way, we're not going to mock or make fun of, or, or we don't think bad about anybody who's ill. No, 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 no. If you can't go to church, you can't go to church. We know that. Nobody thinks poorly about anybody who's physically ill. Thank God for the, the television ministers. Thank God for the television ministers. Thank God for the people who are on TV and for the internet. Thank God for the ministries that the Lord allows people to see. Also, there are those who are church sick. Now, what does that mean, church sick? For those who are church sick, we thank God for, uh, for those who are on TV, but for those who are church sick, uh, those are the people who are sick of church. Those who are sick of church. It could very well be that they were burnt when they were kids. Burnt from uh, something that happened in a church, that does happen. For those who are hurt, most of it's because the enemy lies to them. 
The enemy tells them they don't need church. The enemy says that they don't need it, they don't want it, and they listen. Now, some of it they do because that's what they choose. But in all reality, it could be that somebody said something to you that's hurtful. It could be that somebody, well, you don't understand, Pastor, what I went through. Yes, I do. I've been in church my whole life since I was an itty-bitty baby. Y'all are not your whole life. Yes, my whole life. I was born living in a house next to the church. I went to church my entire life. I've been lied to. I've been hurt. I've been mocked. I've been called fat. It was true. I've been made fun of. I've been called every kind of mean name, hurtful name, bad name. Oh, people at church say that you're right, but they're people. The church is the people. People can be jerks. All people. People at home, people in church, people at McDonald's, people at Walmart. You can be a jerk. Yes, you can. Yes, you. I'm talking to you. You can be a jerk. I can be a jerk. Yes, you. Yes, Brother Chad. You can go, all of us, we can all be jerks. Everybody in this world can be a jerk. Why? Because we're human. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We can all be jerks. Every single one of us. All of us have fallen short. All of us. Every single one of us. And you know why? Because all of us allow our human to show once in a while. We allow us to show more than we do God from time to time. But you know what? God loves us despite that. And that doesn't mean that we quit serving God and we need to quit getting together with the fellow believers. We're still to get together, forgive them. And perhaps they'll forgive us. Perhaps they'll forgive us. We don't need to be church sick. If anything, when you're having problems with the church, go to them. The Bible talks about going to your fellow believers when you have a problem. Talks about it. Go to them. Say, hey, hey, did you mean this? It could very well be that they didn't. They may have had a bad day. Might have very well been that they didn't have a problem with you. And if they did, well, shame on them. Go to the pastor with it. Not because you want to say he said, she said thing, but because you want to get it taken care of. Don't let somebody else keep you from serving the Lord and having a great, wonderful relationship with the Lord. And do not let the enemy of all things in the world keep you from having a wonderful relationship with the Lord and your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Don't let it happen. And then there's one more. People that don't go to church, church is chicken. The church is chicken. And I say that because I'm hungry. And with that, I'm leaving. No, I'm kidding. And I say that because I'm hungry, and I say it because it's true. There are some, and that sounds kind of mean, and it, it might be, but it's also true. Some of it's because they're afraid to go to church. They're afraid they're not welcome. That happens. You're all welcome here. I don't just mean at the moment of truth, but to church. Everybody wants you here. There's not one person that doesn't want you there. Now, they don't want hate. They don't want you to walk in and say so horrible thing. You're welcome to the moment of truth, Bible Baptist Church, 310 Randolph Road. Yes, you're welcome to call me. I'm Pastor Philip Andrew Cruz. You can find my handsome face. I'm all over the place. You can find me. Call me. 816-591-9303. Call me. Ask me questions about the Lord. I honestly don't mind. I'll tell you again. 816-591-9303. Call me. Talk to me. You're welcome here at the, at the church. You're welcome here. But that being said, as welcome as you are, the reason why I want you to know that you are welcome you're welcome to come and hear the truth of the Lord. You're welcome to come and hear the truth of the Lord. It's the truth that's welcome. And you're welcome to come here. Some people don't want to hear the truth. And that's why we say church is chicken. They're afraid to hear the truth. They don't want to hear the truth of the Bible. They want to hear lies of the enemy. That's what they want to hear. They want to hear that there is nothing 
There's nothing wrong with what they're doing, but there is. And it's not because God hates them. He loves them so much. He died for them. He died for you. That's, they don't want to hear that. They want to live in denial. They don't want to change, but you got to change. This refers to both the lost and some Christians who are living backslidden, immature, immoral, and we can't do that. We have to keep on living for the Lord. We need to come together and be together in church. Today, you have no reason to be afraid, Christians. We have no reason for that. Don't listen to the enemy. Love is spoken here in the house of the Lord. We love you. Christ loves you. He doesn't love your sin the wrong ways that his word says is wrong. He loves you. Family comes together. That's why we're here in the house of the Lord, because we're family. We love one another. We love you. I love you. Christ loves you. We're family here. Family comes together around the table. I remember as a kid, we all came together around the, the, the dinner table, and I loved it. We'd talk about our day. Sometimes it was silly things. My sister and I would talk about things that happened at school. It was sometimes silly. So-and-so did this at school. But my mom and dad listened. They showed love and patience and compassion. And Christ does the same in his prayer. We're the little kids. We come to God and say, Lord, so-and-so made me mad. And God says, I understand, sweetheart. I understand, little one. And he pats us on the back. It's little problems, but God loves us so much that he doesn't mind. And he's there for us. We come together as a family here around the table, and we love one another, and we're here to lift each other up, to help each other out. We pray for one another and lift each other up. James 5.16, confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effect, for, excuse me, the effective, fervent prayer of the righteous man accomplishes much. This doesn't mean you need to tell everybody all your problems just because you're in church with them. No, you go to your minister. You go to your pastor. You go to your Sunday school teacher or the ones that you feel comfortable with. If you have a fellow sister or a fellow brother, you go to them, the ones that you're with, your deacons, if your church has that. You go to the ones that like that, but you don't just tell everybody every little thing just because you're a Christian. You don't do that silly because you don't need to do that. But I will tell you, you, you pray about that. First Thessalonians 5.14. Now we exhort you, brothers, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, support the weak, and be patient toward everyone. This isn't easy, but in the church it is. We can be patient because we love one another. We can be there for one another. And God loves us and we love one another. And once again, we can be strengthened. We can be strength for one another. Strengthen each other with the love of God for our fellow believers. Because Proverbs 27, 17, what does it say? Iron sharpens Iron, that's right. So a man sharpens the countenance, the face of his friend. Iron sharpens iron. Folks, there's no place like home. There's no place like the home of the Lord God. No place like the house of God. Church is God's home, his house. Symbolically speaking, spiritually speaking, for his believers as we come together to show support and the love of our Lord God and for each other, for the family of the Lord God. Welcome home, family. To the house of God, be homesick no more. We're together. As iron sharpens iron, and we're here for one another. Let's bow and pray. Dear precious Heavenly Father, we praise your holy name. We thank you so very much for allowing us to come together again into your home, to your house, as you live within our hearts. 
you're with us as we strengthen one another, not us, but you through us. As we feel your love, your Holy Spirit, we pray for our brothers or sisters in Christ today. We pray, Lord, for any weaknesses they may be having. Lord God, be there anyone out there today who doesn't know you. Let this be the day that they come to be your child. Perhaps there's someone right now who has many, many questions and they don't know what to say. That's okay. You know their hearts. I pray this be the day that they come forward to you. Lord, I pray if there be anyone at home right now who needs to ask questions, I pray, Lord God, that they will look us up and look up our phone number, Lord. I pray, Lord God, that they will know and come to know you. I pray this in your holy name. Lord, if there be anyone here today who's has something they need to pray about with you, I pray this be the day that they will do so. In Jesus' holy name, amen and amen.